Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Evening, everybody. Georgia is undefeated. Heading to the bye week. Can't lose this week. We'll talk about that Brock Bowers injury. What it means for Georgia's offense by the numbers. Might surprise you. Might not. We'll also talk about what Georgia is focused on this bye week. What do the dogs have to lock down between now and that cocktail party? And Georgia picked up a running back recruit a few days ago. Take a look around Georgia's recruiting news and notes. Let's not delay. It's time for the Georgia Show. Better never rest. Welcome into the Georgia show, everybody. Dogs take down Vandy 37 to 20, but they lose Brock Bowers. I did a little bit of number crunching, fellas. And with Brock Bowers on the field, Georgia averaged per play 7.6 yards per play, and they scored two touchdowns against the doors. Without Brock Bowers after that ankle injury, that's what we're going to call it. That's what Kirby Smart said it was. 6.5 yards per play with three field goals and two touchdowns, and a Carson Beck interception. Now, I'm not saying it's all Brock's fault, but you lose more than a yard per play. And, I, you know, what really jumped off the page for me was maybe some of those drives that ended in field goals are touchdowns without Brock. Who's to say? I mean, I, that's that's really interesting. But, I mean, with those numbers, and that doesn't kind of surprise me. I mean, you look at Bowers, and he's the – I mean, he's the, if not the number one player in the country that's not a quarterback, you know, because that position, he's probably number two with Marvin Harrison. One of those two, you can argue all you want to, but that's how much he impacts the game. That's how much uh, Carson Beck understood wherever, you know, if we needed a play, if we needed to do this, we need to do that. Carson Beck knew that he had 19 and, you know, all of a sudden you don't have 19, you know, kind of where are you at? Because that's one thing that you don't, Probably Kirby likes to simulate things, but to sit there and put 19 on the sideline for a couple of practices and say, hey, let's go without him, you don't simulate that. So you kind of had to learn on the go in an SEC road game yesterday. Uh, Rusty, I'm, I'm a little curious as to your thoughts on this mm -hmm. because I, I was thinking about this myself. You never want to lose Brock Bowers, ever. But nope. – with the with the bye week coming up, and also Lawson Lucky returning back into the fold, it seems like a better time than usual that you could. I mean, I'm not like I said. There's no way to there's no way to to spin no. this and say it's positive. No. No. But but I think with Lucky coming back into the fold, the timing is more beneficial to Georgia than it was, let's say three weeks ago uh if this if this same thing had happened three weeks ago we're probably talking about a much different scenario for georgia moving forward oh yeah i mean you, you never like you said you never want to lose brock bowers but 
had you had to pick a time, this is probably it because now you've got basically two weeks uh, to get an offensive game plan. You've had two and a half. We've had two quarters that you played without him. What worked, what didn't work. So, um, you know, certainly, you know, we, we can't sugarcoat that not having Brock Bowers is going to make Georgia any better and somebody else going to step in his role because when 19 is done playing University of Georgia, it's going to be a long time for they ever replace him to the level uh, and the talent level that he is. But uh, getting lost and lucky back, man, that was that was massive right now. And I don't know that he is 100%, but you give him another two weeks, uh, that's going to be beneficial too uh, with, with that deal. So, you know, you look at this whole deal and you say, you know, who can step up? Oscar Depp's going to get targets. I think that's a pretty obvious thing. Uh, you know, how much impact can Lawson Lucky have? Because I'm telling you now, Lawson Lucky can go. Is he a physical blocker? Not yet, but you want to see a threat in the pass game. Uh, Lawson Lucky's a guy that I think that, that can, 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 he can take some targets, you know, but you got Ra Ra Thomas, you got Dominic Lovett, you got, you know, they, you know, Kirby said Lad kind of stiffened up Pierce, at halftime. I mean, Pierce Sperlin's played a, 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 a few snaps uh, in his Pierce early Sperlin. part of his career. Yeah, weight-wise, there's what worries yeah. you with Pierce. I and mean, he's sure. been injured twice already. So yeah. uh, and he had shoulder surgery, I think, back to back years. So, you know, you definitely want him to grow a little bit. But, you know, if you give him a route and say, Hey man, this is this place for you. We're gonna put you out on the edge. You're six foot five, six foot six, go make a play. That's certainly a possibility with Pierce Sperlin, too. But right now, in that 12 personnel, you got to be able to body up a defensive end. And I don't think Pierce Sperlin's quite ready for that no. yet. No, so I watched him in warmups, and this is no slight on him because he's going to be a really good player, and he's such a physical presence at six foot seven. I watched him in warmups trying to block Damon Wilson last week, and that didn't go well. Hmm. So, uh, you know, it's going to take him a little while. So, definitely take him an off season to get his body up. But if you give him a pass route now and right. say, "Hey, we're coming to you here. You're going to you're going to be tagged in this play," that helps. That helps as well uh, with that deal. So. You know, Chad Lindbergh is wears 85 at times, the converted offensive lineman. So, you know, you can put 85 on him. I think he wasn't 78, but you can put 85 on him and use him in that 12 personnel as a I mean, you're not nobody nobody's gonna think Chad Lindbergh's running a drag route, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, if he's in there, you know, you got that extra guy out on the edge to they block. might though. They might run him with it, you know. What man, Chad Lindbergh last thing gets, you ever expect. If Chad Lindbergh catches one. Uh, it's going to be a really good day for his his mom out in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I was a slow, unathletic tidy, and that's everybody's dream, Coach. Let me have let me have one of those reps. And, you know, I kind of made a joke about Van Pran yesterday, probably talking to Bobo, going, hey, man, you see that spin move I got? Let me let me yep. get some fullback. Don't put Michael Morris back there. Once you put me back there, let me be a real running threat. So uh, they've got a lot. And, Jake, I think you hit it spot on the head. You never want to lose Brock Bowers. But if you're going to lose Brock Bowers for a little while, uh, this this two weeks right here gives you plenty of time to say, this is what we want to do. This is what we do well. Here's the players that we've got to adjust those targets to uh, with Carson Beck and Mike Bobo, um, you know, offensive philosophy. And, so, and it, well, and also I would think too, if we're talking about long-term, right? To me, the ability to adjust around this and to get those guys involved, you can up their reps. You can kind of create a situation where these guys are getting very useful, valuable experience, building toward what you hope is a long run at this thing. And I, I'm again, 
I'm not trying to downplay this at all, but from looking at it, devil's advocate side of things, you know, like I said, Lucky's back. How do you kind of scheme when Brock Bowers isn't in if you have to do that? Well, maybe we can figure it out that way too. That makes Georgia, in my mind, a little bit more dynamic even than we have seen prior this season. Because look, if you can feed 19, you absolutely should. What happens when you can't and how do you uh, move from there? So Delp had two catches for 32 yards during the game. Uh, Lucky did come in. And I'm telling you, man, if you put a number 19 on Lucky on the TV broadcast, you could have fooled me. I mean, they look the same. Do they look the same playing? Probably not mm-hmm. just yet. But Lucky is a, a big dude, man. He's going to be a load. And as y'all said, if there's a time to do it, this is the time. You get to the bye week, it's kind of like, you know, kind of uh, explode everything, diagnose some things, but also kind of get back to the basics. And that's what a bye week is is used for. Uh, when you look at what Delp is doing, though, maybe, you know, maybe him being the guy unlocks a little bit of something for him. I'm not saying he was a, a slouch, but, you know, he's had a turnover, maybe a miscommunication with Bowers there at Auburn. I'm getting really nitty-gritty here. But maybe yeah. Delp, knowing that he's the starting tight end, maybe that helps him uh, elevate a little bit of his game. Anything else that y'all have heard on Bowers? I know we don't have the complete diagnosis yet. Kirby Smart said the x-ray was negative after the game, so that's good news. And Bowers will have to get an MRI to see if there's anything else going on under there. So here's the timeline you kind of wait for here. And let me just say this first. Don't even have to ask him. I can tell you right now that Georgia is going to be day-to-day with Brock Bowers. I'm not saying Brock Bowers, but I, I am by no means. Listen, don't do not quote me on this. Yeah. Brock yeah. Bowers may never play another snap, but you will never yeah. hear that he is anything but day-to-day yeah. for the rest of his time. We learned our lesson with David Marshall. David Marshall was day-to-day for 65 days in a row. And tomorrow yeah. when I wake up, Rusty Mansell is going to be day-to-day. So nobody's really <laughs> lying there. Uh, but I can assure you I would be very surprised if you got any type of official information out of Georgia uh, because here's the thing. You give Florida two weeks, and they have to prepare with Georgia, potentially with Brock Bowers and without him. And you know, people might think that's dumb, but that's not dumb. That's that's a, you're putting extra work on another staff, and you know that type of thing. So you're going to hear day to day. The media only meets with Kirby on Tuesday. I think it's correct. Uh, this bye week, so you're not going to have the normal type deal. Uh, the only way I think information would probably get out they would kind of tell you is if he does have the tightrope surgery so if it's if it is a situation and i'm saying if because i don't know if it is a situation where he has to have the tightrope surgery on his ankle um from everybody i've talked to today says he would have to have that by tuesday or wednesday to have any chance of playing sooner than later so that's going to be a uh that's going to be the next thing you kind of watch for is, you know, does because if he does have the tightrope surgery, that's one of those things that kind of leaks. I don't care who it is. We've always kind of heard that. That kind of gets out. Lawson, lucky had the tightrope surgery. I guess the most famous one was when Tua Tungvaloa had it after the SEC championship and had those 30 days or whatever he had to the national championship. And, and he, um, you know, he, he wound up having that. So, 
I did have someone today because I've asked a lot of people about the recovery on that. And it's just different, man. It's, uh, it's how your body is. But I was told um, that a player at Alabama a couple of years ago had it and was back in 11 days. Wow. So that's one of the, that's one of those crazy deals you hear of, you know, the typical, what they tell you is if you, if you have the tightrope, the guarantee there is that for your four weeks from the day of that surgery, you're supposed to be a hundred percent. And that doesn't always work that way. Uh, but, but statistics saying that that's kind of the time frame if he were to have to have that, uh, is that that's a four week deal as opposed to if you let it heal on your own, here's a dude, man. I mean, I don't know what that guy's made of, so he might have, he might let it heal on his own and be good in two weeks. You know what I mean? You just never know with this dude. So yeah. I'm confident in this much and I've had a million texts today and, and the message board on, you know, got, got sideways at times, but I'm confident in this, that Brock Bowers wants to play football again. He wants to play football for university of Georgia. He will, he will do everything he can to get back as soon as he can. And that's what I am confident in. But you also got to understand that he's got, uh, he's different than any player at Georgia. He has his own marketing team. He has his own team, his own agent. He has all that stuff. I mean, he has everything, from my understanding, everything's ready to go for him for the next level. So all those people will be together, you know, as I'm sure with George and try to make a decision on what's the best route to go. But the common denominator is I can tell you that that young man in that jersey right there you see walking off wants to do everything he can to be back to playing for the University of Georgia. And that man. coach. And that coach is not going to advertise when he's going to be available. That's the other no. thing about this too. You, it's going to be day to day until you see Brock Bowers walk out onto that field for the next time. I, if he's ready for Florida, like you said, let's say it's a, a five day yeah. thing. If it's a, yeah. a two day thing, he's yeah. not. I promise he's you, Kirby's not, not, not going to let you know that Brock Bowers is coming back. You're just going to have to figure that out when you see him out there taking practice reps. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – and even then, how many times have we seen people kind of warm up and then not play? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I know everybody wants to know right now. I think I think the next 72 hours is is that kind of – this is your gauge. You know, does does it require him to have tightrope? Does he agree and that's the best route for him? And Georgia agrees that's the best route. So, there's a lot of questions there to be answered, but I do think we're going to start hearing something within 72 hours of the first thing for me is what do the MRI show, which I don't anticipate any kind of torn up there. That's just my opinion. What does that MRI show? And then do we need to require this tightrope surgery? And that needs to be done ASAP. So that's, that's kind of the, uh, next boundaries and and you see the comment there keep those gators guessing i can assure you <laughs> that this man could have a heart transplant Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be day to day <laughs> he's gonna be day to day until they come out on that field in jacksonville i can assure you of that uh to quote the great booby miles can an mri fix my ankle that's right. <laughs> Brock Bowers is not the only one who wants to get back on that field, man. There are some Georgia Bulldogs out there who would give their ankles if that meant that Bowers could get back on the field, man. Uh, let's get to our friends at GameTime.co. If y'all follow this link, I know the game's not for a little more than a week now, but if you want to head on over to GameTime.co, follow the link that we have in the show. 
description. If you use the code with dogs, D-A-W-G-S, you will get your first order from game time discounted by 20 bucks. That's a, you know, I, I don't know what the concessions prices are there at uh, TIA Bank Field or whatever they're calling it down in Jacksonville, but that's your concessions covered right there. If you're still trying to figure out how you get in this game, get on the Georgia sideline, you can get in here for around 300 bucks if you use the code DOGS just in this section in particular. You go to gametime.co, get a picture of what your seat will look like, and if you use that code DOGS, you'll get 20 bucks off. There's nothing in the swimming pool. Sorry about that. They don't appear to be covering any discounts in that area. Palmer, Palmer's got that seat already. He's locked <laughs> yeah, that's Palmer's press seat. <laughs> Check out gametime.co, the best place to get your tickets. They got an app, too, if you want to check that out. All right, we already mentioned it a little bit on the Brock front, but Rusty, how does Georgia approach bye week? Is it a pretty tried-and-true method that Kirby Smart has? Do they adjust how they do this throughout the seasons? What's their approach? Yeah, it's usually a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice. And Thursday, they usually do that with the ESP, the students, the young students around Athens. That's how they finish off the bye week. And I'm from my understanding, they're doing that again this year, which is awesome. And they'll do great with social media. Uh, Friday is off day. And those they'll make them work out Friday morning, go to class. And then those young men will be free to go home or do whatever for one weekend. And they certainly deserve that. But uh, I made a post last night on our on our board, and uh, it sounds like I don't know if it's a hundred percent true, but uh, sound like Kirby Smart let them know uh, after the game yesterday that uh, Monday is not an off day and uh, be ready to practice. And he, um, you know, what's it say the, the saying there, West? Better never rest. Well, uh, these these young men maybe look they may be staring down an extra practice, and that's tomorrow in Athens um, instead of. Uh, you know, sitting at a deer stand somewhere or, you know, somewhere else, uh, you're going to be on that practice field. And Gunpowder maybe, season starts this week, Rusty, if you want to do that front-loaded well, muzzle. I'm just telling you, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Mine's not – I can't find mine right now, strange enough. I'll have to go back <laughs> and find that. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, that's 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 interesting, you know, and that tells you we're Kirby Smart. You know, it's, hey, we're going to work. You know, there's no – we're not going to talk about it. We're, go- we're going to work, so – you get in an extra practice, um, you know, as, as opposed to that. But normal bye week is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You would probably go helmet, shoulder pads Tuesday, full practice, full pads Wednesday, another full pad Thursday and get out of there. But sounds like they're going to work an extra practice in. And in my opinion, that's probably what we've talked about for the first 20 minutes of this thing is, you know, what offensive package are we going to do and, and, and some of those things. So, you're not going to sit around and waste a day, but I'm pretty confident on Friday these young men will be turned loose to go home and see their families, and most of them have not been home, or most of them have not had an off day, uh, guys, since that 4th of July week, and that, that's being honest. So you think about that and where you've been since the 4th of July. These young men have been training, hosting recruits, whole month of August, seven games in a row, and finally got to a bye week. It's no joke to play football at the University of Georgia. There's uh you know, and to me going into this bye week, I think that you came off of a game that really sets up well for Kirby. Uh, you've got a lot to sell about, you know, as opposed to Kentucky, right? If it were the Kentucky game and you come off of that one, man, everybody's riding that high and feeling like, 
we got this bird cruising right now. You go into Vanderbilt, a, a team that people, I mean, it was a 31 and a half point spread in that game. Georgia wasn't close to, to covering that. And, you know, so suddenly it's back to that idea of, look, you guys are playing to your competition. We've got plenty of things to work on. Let's get this thing right before we go out the door. Guys aren't going to be going home, you know, kind of rubbing their hands together, top of the world, saying, hey, we're still number one, just like we always have been. Uh, I, I think that, it, like I said, for me, for Kirby, it sets up pretty well for what he probably wants uh, to instill going into this week. A whole lot to teach up for sure. And I certainly didn't expect Georgia to cover that game. I don't know how my other picks went this week on our Dogs HQ column. Probably not good. But coming off of Kentucky, I just feel like this team is still too young to dominate at will like that week in and week out. And so you got a lot of things to look at. And yeah, the Brock Bowers injury was bad. Uh, turnovers on the road, bad. You can't have that stuff. I think that's what Georgia's got to focus on. I mean, the defense is coming up with turnovers. I don't know where they are in the margin right now, but the offense is giving the ball away too, though. So when you emphasize turnovers, right, like for Bama, you know, last season, expected them to emphasize penalties. I was surprised to see that they still struggle with penalties out of the gate this season. For Georgia, the tough thing for them right now is turnovers. And you're going to have that with Carson Beck, who's just getting started in this offense. But the fumbles, you know, those kinds of things, and the drops too. And I'm not just going to single out Arian Smith, uh, but he right now, kind of like Lad McConkey was last year, I think that's the the hope for Arian mm -hmm. Smith is you've got evidence of a guy on your team that struggled with this last year, was sluggish. You know he's a big playmaker, but that guy's got to focus on getting the ball in because he's burning guys, but he can't just – he can't seem to connect right now as easily as you think it should happen. So I think Georgia's got to focus on turnovers, continue to focus defensively on getting them because that's keeping you in a lot of ball games and turning things around. That Tyke Smith pick was huge before halftime yesterday. So turnover is the big thing for me that Georgia needs to look at this bye week. Yeah, you know, and I, I think this was a great reminder uh, to these guys, a, a lot of these guys who've been around immense success in their Georgia career, back-to-back -back national championships, this week versus Vandy was a perfect reminder of you are not those guys. This is not the same team. You allowed the first touchdown to Vanderbilt since 2018. All right. I guarantee you that's going to be a talking point over the course of the week in Buttsmere of look, this is not, we are not those guys. We are our own thing. You know, you can ride that high and you have been probably for a long time, but that's a big streak to have been broken. Um, now it's an SEC road win and you got out of there in what was a toughly contested game. And quite frankly, you had the turf working against you too. And I've seen a couple people mention that over in the comment section as well. But, you know, this is a situation, like I said, where you can kind of get those minds right and say, look, there's a lot, even at this stage in the game, even at this point in the season, that we still have to get cleaned up before we can put ourselves in that echelon with those previous teams. And I, I think that Kirby's going to continue harping on that, man. Uh, we got a question here about Michael Williams. Is he banged up too? I mean, there's a couple injuries of note. Um, I haven't heard anything on Michael, but we did hear that Kendall Milton aggravated his MCL. That tightened up on him. So, I mean, just kind of a shame that Georgia's offense can't have it all together at once. You know, you just 
you can't have that much luck this season, it doesn't seem like. But any any word on Michael that you've heard, Rusty? Uh, he's fine, I believe. Uh, he's you know it's it kind of sounds bad, but it's really not the way they do it. He, Michael doesn't start for Georgia. Tremel Waltower starts, and you know number ninety plays four or five plays, and then they bring in Michael Williams, and and then he plays, and then he's usually on their rabbit package on the third down blitz. So. You know, just ball about yesterday, what was so bad about that game, it was only 44 defensive plays for Georgia, so they didn't get a chance to play a ton of people. But I did notice that uh, Michael and Marvin Jones Jr. played the majority, a large majority of those snaps. So, you know, even even to say Michael Williams doesn't start, really doesn't, doesn't say the whole picture because he plays about 70% of the time. And Georgia rotates linemen now. That's just the way they do, so – um, they, they, they just, um, you know, Michael's fine. I expect him to be, look, you're going to know where George's depth chart is real quick. And, and Roosh will probably laugh about this because he understands it. Um, you're going to know where George's depth chart is real quick. And that's going to be in two weeks in Jacksonville. And then you'll get the piece on Sunday when you get the snap count from Jake Roosh. And I'll tell you exactly what's going on in Athens right now. Uh, you know, barring some injuries and health wise, you can tell who's where and what. And yesterday, uh, even with only 44 snaps, you see Georgia in a tight game. I mean, it's a 10 point game in the fourth quarter, so they didn't get a chance to play any young kids. Uh, you still see Marvin Jones Jr. playing the majority of snaps, you know, at outside backer. And they also found a way to add Damon Wilson in, get him some reps. So now they have something on tape from Marvin Jones Jr. and outside linebacker and uh, former five-star true freshman Damon Wilson. You didn't want to get reps that way, but Monroe Freeland, they've got two and a half quarters of him now as well in the game at right tackle. So, uh, which I thought, you know, first off what I saw, Jake Rowe break that down a little further, but you start thinking about those types of guys and, and they got those guys into the games that kind of tells you what's going on and kind of the thinking behind the scenes. Yeah, the Marvin Jones thing jumped off the page to me this week in snap count. I mean, neck and neck with Chaz Chambliss. I think 17 snaps apiece for those guys. That's been a position that Chaz has, to this point, had a chokehold on. I mean, we're talking about probably a two-to-one ratio in terms of reps versus other guys. To see Marvin one-to-one with him, that kind of tells you, to me, where he is at this season. And also, too, what Georgia feels they need and what he can bring to that. You know, I, I think that uh, they've had some issues that they wanted to get corrected. And does Marvin Jones fit better with, you know, taking care of those things? You know, I, I was really kind of um, struck by that. It felt like he played a lot yesterday, but to see it kind of laid out in that way was quite interesting to me. Feels like maybe this guy trending in the way that people thought he would, um, you know, especially in, in year two in the program. Well, it's time tackle for loss. It's time for seven. I mean, he had he had off season. Listen, he had off season shoulder labrum surgery. Yep. Uh, I've said it many times. He was on a pitch count last year, so he could only play like twelve plays a game. People kept asking, "Where's Marvin Jones?" Well, he would play about ten plays, and his shoulder would go numb. So, like that's you know, he had surgery as soon as the season was over, and he was out all spring. So, you know, he's still getting into the flow of things. And, uh, you know, he's only going to get better as the year goes on. But that was interesting to me that they got him in there. I mean, he's a former five-star, 6'5", you know, uh, pass rushing guy. So uh, we'll see how much Marvin Jones is playing uh, in Jacksonville in two weeks. 
And what a warrior too, man. I mean, you know, to even, even on the pitch count, I, I sleep wrong and my shoulder goes numb. I mean, <laughs> this guy, this guy was out there taking, taking reps against SEC offensive tackles and trying to bring yes. guys to the ground. So, uh, you know, I, I think that the want is clear. I think that the ability is clear. And I think that you're seeing that, like you said, uh, doing the snap count thing every week, you've seen it kind of gradually increase for Marvin Jones. And to uh, to see that one, I'm really interested in this bye week and then moving into Florida, what it kind of looks like for Marvin Jones and his role uh, beyond the bye. Carson Beck getting a lot of love in our comments. And I want to point out that this game will be big for him. And that's oh. going to be a big storyline that you're going to see for the next two weeks as Beck mm-hmm. goes back home uh, to Jacksonville. And it can either propel him I don't think it's going to get in his ears. I mean, I haven't really seen Beck get rattled at all. <laughs> There's some fans that wanted to see a little bit more emotion out of the guy, but I think what he's got going so far is working well for the dogs. He's got a bye week now, and he's got all game week to prepare for that homecoming. I think it could be a big one for 15. We'll see how it goes. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, Georgia picks up a commitment, fellas. Running back Bo Walker. And that is a good combination of two SEC running back historical names right there for the dogs. Uh, 25 class. And don't really know what to make of them yet. Anything jumping off the page for you, fellas? He's had a really good junior season. I think he played himself, um, just my guess, as he played himself up the board based off what he's done. He's had a really good game against Colquitt County, uh, played good against Mill, uh, Mill Creek. And you start asking teams that face him, you know, here's a kind of a low center to gravity, you know, thick thighs, can just run through arm tackles, spin move. Kind of got everything, but I think I think the biggest thing for Bo Walker is it's an in-state kid, state of Georgia, um, Cedar Grove, tough ass program. You know he's you know you're not going to have to coach him hard because he gets coached. Hard. <laughs> he's he's going to ask to be coached hard. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going he's going to say, "Dale, you're being a little soft on me." So, uh, you know, you look at him right now as a three-star industry wide and certainly has a chance. But I think Georgia fans will be excited because. You look at Cedar Grove, unless they get upset, they're going to be at least deep in the playoffs, if not state championships. You'll probably get a chance to watch him on TV, you know, one to two times. Uh, I like he's a baseball player, too. I mean, he's played baseball. He's one of those two-sport athletes and not just focused on football. He doesn't just sit around and, you know, um, you know, not just do anything in the offseason, uh, do seven-on-seven, seven, which is almost worthless for running backs in the offseason, so. Uh, he goes out and does some baseball, does some other things. You see him right there taking one to the house. And, uh, you know, you, you can rest assured he checks boxes being from where he's from at Cedar Grove. Uh, physicality, and, you know, my favorite word is the contact balance. So mm. he's got all those things. But everybody get a chance to see him more, and his rating is far from being finished right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think of Cedar Grove kids and I'm not taking away from Peach County and saying this, but it's the same thing of like Peach County kids, man. It's like 
that's just a different that's a different style of ball uh cedar grove i've been there many times man that some of the nicest people some of the the finest football you'll ever see I, these are they're not working with the greatest facilities that you've ever seen these kids are when when you hear kids say get it out of the mud they're yeah. getting it out of the mud at cedar grove man they are really going for do you it know do you know they only play we you know this rich but they contact balance but yeah i guess mckeetron um see what he does right here i didn't see this play this is probably <laughs> these are his sophomore highlights by the way this looks like that is east coweta i believe so see what he does against a Formal opponent here. I like the flame. See, I would have done that with myself in high school. There. <laughs> <laughs> nice block. He's got nice uh, hands, oh, too. You know, uh, the thing about it is what you're seeing a lot of on his tape, and a lot of people mention this, too, is the the blocking. He's a, He features his yeah. blocking very yeah. heavily. You yeah. you think Kirby, You think Del McGee brought that tape to Kirby Smart and said, hey, we should take this guy and feature and, that? And catching, I mean, the ball, and catching the ball out of the backfield. But yep. uh, Cedar Grove, if people don't know, they're in DeKalb County. They're a 3A school. And DeKalb County, if you play a home game, you share that money with the entire county. It doesn't go into your your piggy. So Cedar Grove plays seven games on the road every year, and they'll go out and play anybody that will pay them because they don't have to share that money with anybody. <laughs> and it's, they only play three home games, man. It's yeah. crazy. Every yeah. year, they go out, that's why they go out and play Colquitt. You see there, they're at Sandy Creek. I mean, they'll go anywhere to play. Uh, but they buy their uniforms, they buy their their meals and everything with it. So they do a really good job down there. But it's kind Inc of incredible, incredible program. One of the one oh of the yeah. Best, yeah, one of the best and probably least talked about programs in the state of Georgia is Cedar yeah. Grove. You no hear doubt. about you, you hear about the Bufords, you hear about the Colquitts, you hear about the Valdostas. Cedar Grove, I would say, in my opinion, Rusty, I, I'd be curious for your thoughts. I think they do more with less than anybody, probably by some huge margin. Could yeah, because the fact that they can that they're just tough, man. Tough yeah. kids, and they do um they do this thing at FCA camp every year at West Georgia, and it set it tells you the mentality of them. They practice all day, and I'm telling you, in July in Carrollton, Georgia, it is three thousand degrees. <laughs> they practice all day at a camp, and I'm there, it's shoulder pads and helmet. They go and they shower and they go to dinner and everybody is exhausted at the end of the day. When every other school is doing bed check and going to bed, that entire team right there does a midnight run through that campus together every year. That's their summer kind of pinnacle of his time to go. Uh, and you look at that and a mid and I'm thinking a midnight the last midnight run I made was a Krispy Kreme. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, these guys are getting together after a day of practice. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's crazy how hot it is. But they they that's the, that's their deal every year. And it just tells you the mentality of how separate they are from other teams. And the talent level is su superb. I mean, they, they put out D1 kids year in and year out across the board, cornerbacks, outside linebackers, quarterbacks. I mean, you name it, wide receivers, offensive linemen. They – know how to do it at Cedar Grove High School. And so this kid is not only a great player in his own right, but he's playing against great players in practice. Um, I, I think it's an exciting pickup for Georgia. And it, it's early in the cycle. You're going to have time to continue to evaluate this kid, as you are with all these guys. I, I think, though, that Bo Walker, a great early take for Georgia in this 2025 class. Time to evaluate him and time to uh, compete with everybody else who who wants him, right? Um, yep. 
got a, a decision date from LJ McCray as well, guys. Uh, and that is a, a big target for the dogs, needless to say. That's a big one. And I don't care if you're just a um, somebody that follows recruiting a little bit. Go watch his huddle. This is a six foot six, 275 pound defensive end that is wrecking havoc at Daytona Mainland High School. Um, you start thinking, I don't like to compare people. Uh, I don't like to come, I don't like to get in there because it, it, it puts up, I would say, unwarranted, uh, you know, pressure on these kids. But he's not as athletic like running a 40. But as far as when you think about what Trayvon Walker did to that Michigan guard in that in that game in Orange Bowl, when that guy pulled and it looked like Trayvon electrocuted him, you know what I mean? Like the guy got, got, got shocked. Uh, that's who LJ McCray is. And when I tell you, I don't know if George is going to get him, but when I tell you that there couldn't be a more to me perfect fit uh, for a defensive end in this system than this guy. I mean, this guy is the real deal and uh, he's going to make a decision next week. I know, you know, Miami, Auburn, Florida state, a few schools are still kind of being mentioned, but I think at the end of the day, as this week unfolds, this is going to be a Georgia and versus Florida matchup uh, one week early. So mm-hmm. this is, this guy's a, this guy, this, this is a big, big decision here. You know, Georgia has had a lot of luck winning these battles and these guys contributing, especially from the state of Florida, you know, the Jalen Carters and all those guys that, that have played down there and uh, these defensive linemen. So this is a big battle here. Can Georgia get this guy? Because I think this one is, is such a perfect fit for their system. Yeah. I, rare is, is the word to use with LJ McCray in terms of his body type that there just aren't a lot of people in the world who is athletic and as big as LJ McCray. He's he's probably not a finished product. And like you said, in terms of Trayvon Walker, is he there yet? Maybe not in terms of uh, the 40s and that kind of thing. But the build is so similar to me. The ability is similar. I think that this is a guy that is going to play his best ball, you know, probably sophomore year, halfway through into that junior year. He's going to really kind of come into his own uh, wherever he ends up landing. I'll be honest with you. I feel at this moment, as of Sunday night, uh, October 15th, I I do feel good about Um, I do not discount anything about Florida. I think that this will go right up until the wire. Um, So hold me to it. But if it were tonight, I I think I would probably put the pick in for Georgia. So uh, that would be – it's huge if they can pull it off. You missed out on Aiden Breland, obviously, on Saturday. Another uh, five-star defensive lineman, a guy that everybody coveted. LJ Mm -hmm. McCray would probably, in my opinion, more than take the sting off of uh, a miss. No doubt. doubt. Because he is that that kind of player. And um, it – the five, the five is becoming, you know, that kind of position. It's, it's such a need. And and that's, I think probably where he kind of ends up playing his ball is, is uh, kind of crushing off that edge, stand up if you need to drop back in. I mean, this is one of those guys. It, it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, uh, what Michael Williams or, or uh, a guy like even Adam Anderson a couple of years ago, uh, that kind of build. And he's longer than that. Uh, Trayvon Walker had the athleticism if he needed to back and cover could do but uh guys come around lj mccray is one of those guys for 2024 
Georgia is in the thick of the hunt. And uh, like I said, I, I like their chances. Florida not to be slept on, though. Four-star industry ranking, according to the On3 scouting evaluation, reminds us of Javon Kinlaw, who played at South Carolina uh, and was a first-round draft pick. Gators have the 37.4% chance to land him in the recruiting prediction mach machine. Easy for me to say. Georgia uh, nipping on the Gators' heels there at 24.1%. And you just heard Roos, man. His word is gospel. So October 21st, the decision Only date. on Sundays. Only on Sundays. <laughs> there you go. Uh, glad, glad we got you on tonight. LJ McRae deciding October 21st. So that'll be a good primer for the cocktail party. All right, let's get some dog stocks going, guys. Uh, I'll go first. Stock up on this Drake curse. Rusty and I have texted about it, and it's it's real, mm -hmm. man. And people mm -hmm. are trying to tell us that it's not real because mm -hmm. he rooted for the Raptors and they still won the finals. The curse is that Drake roots for teams that are not Toronto. He roots for teams, and they start to lose. Well, Georgia didn't lose to Vandy, but they lost Brock Bowers. And this guy is Superman. He's made of steel. And if Brock Bowers can get hurt days after Drake puts this uh, Georgia shirt on, then you can't tell me that the curse is not alive and well. Hmm. So I'm saying stock up on that Drake curse. Y'all can hmm. say it's fake. Y'all can say it's not true. I have no reason uh, not to believe in it at this point. The new, it's garbage. It's the new Madden, right? You need to I mean, burn that, like new, like burn that Georgia cover. gear, Drake. Yeah. yeah. The new Madden cover. Mm. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> you just you don't like as much as you would actually like Drake to be a fan of your team because of the exposure it gives you. You don't want it. It's it's just bad juju around the mm. guy. The George mm. is fine with Quavo, is what I would say. <laughs> like. I was, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was praying that was a Green Bay Green Bay jacket. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I thought maybe it was like a like a deep fake kind of thing. You know, somebody uh, altered this thing and um, no. I had yeah, to confirm I'm, it. Is it was real. So I, all right, I'm gonna do my stock tonight and I'm gonna say stock up on the timing of the bye week for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Could not have come at a better time for Georgia. They needed this. Guys are working their way back in. You've seen this kind of consistently. Lawson Lucky, Lad McConkey, Austin Blasky, we saw some reps from the other day. They need to get healthy, right? We've heard rumors and talk, and it's been talked about on the message boards over at Dogs HQ. Maybe you see Amarius Mims back by uh, Florida as well. What does this mean for Brock Bowers? Well, at worst, it just means a week where you don't have to play a game and Brock Bowers isn't missed. So the timing of the bye week for Georgia could not be better, in my opinion. Dogs need to get healthy, continue to get healthy, continue to bring everybody back, get ready for the cocktail party and the push for the second half of this season. I think Georgia in a tremendous spot, a lot to work on, as I said earlier, but they have the ability to do that over the course of this week, get those guys off campus, freshened up, get their mind right, come back for what is going to be uh, an always contested cocktail party down in Jacksonville. Um, but stock up huge on the timing of the bye week. One of the biggest ones I can remember in me in recent, uh, recent uh, memory. Yep. They're not going to start for Tom Balta, are they? After this bye week. <laughs> Phaeton Baton, I believe. He's coming oh, in to speak uh, to the team. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was a rough one. Um, 
Uh, stock up for me is Monroe Freeland. You know, what I mean, you get you get you get. Um, I don't care if you're a five star, and and you know, kind of kudos to Charles Power, the national recruiting um, scouting director for on three, and uh, he had him in the number one offensive tackle in the country last year in high school over Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. But I don't care how highly recruited you are and, and you go against Georgia every day in practice and you do these things, but you get put into a game against an SEC opponent um, and your right tackle and your team needs you, man. I mean, your team is not blowing. This is not, this wasn't a 47 to seven moment. Like they put this guy in a game and, it was a 10-point game in the fourth quarter at one point. So, uh, you know, did he play perfect? No. But the moment didn't look too big for the guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's a great sign for Georgia. That's a great sign for the future. Uh, you all kind of see Tate Ratledge talking to him on the sidelines. Like, you know, it's time to go, man. You know, it's your time. And uh, that's a big deal uh, that you you took this kid. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that he came to Georgia at like 285 last January. He's playing now like 315. So, uh, you know, my stock my stock up tonight is Monroe Freeland and uh, the future for him, man, because that that he's he's going to be a really good play. I don't think anybody kind of doubted him, but you just never know. And when his team needed him the most yesterday, when you go to the bullpen on, on, a, on a, a tackle and you put in a true freshman, He's been impressive somebody in practice. So stock up Monroe Freeland, true freshman, got his first real snaps on Saturday. And I'm sure that's going to go a long way for him in his career in Athens. I'm not saying, well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Andrew Thomas, but Andrew, Andrew Thomas was one of those freshmen that they, they brought in early on and had some great success with. And also Stacy Searles, big, big tip of the cap to him for landing that guy. Roderick Jones comes to mind as well. You never know, man. You never know what can happen when you make those switch-ups, whether you need to, want to, or yep. not. Uh, Y'all hit like and subscribe on this show. Thanks for joining us tonight. Great comments as always. Orlandog here, stock down, got to be that Vandy turf. Stock oh, down on everything going on at that stadium right now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that Brock Bowers made it out of there alive. They had to walk him around the field, didn't even know where to take him when he was hurt at first. It didn't look like... I mean, that was just an epic, epic mess. So, yes, mm -hmm. stock down on the Vandy turf. That was rough. Stock, uh, stock, down, on, stock down on Jake Rose BAC on Saturday as well. <laughs> Does that mean it was high or low? <laughs> Ranch waters are flowing, I promise. Saturday night, maybe he, he needed one after that, I'm sure. <laughs> I heard Roe got a, a record deal and started just uh, singing – karaoke one of those honky tonks and it's just a diamond in the rough out there man yeah, um, we'll back. see all over at dogshq.com one dollar for one month for premium info you don't want to miss everything we'll have this week as rusty said 72 hour window for us to really get some news perhaps on what's going on with brock bowers or just see if georgia comes out of that unscathed we will see but uh there's a lot more news where that came from outside of this video stream Appreciate y'all being here tonight. We're back Monday. Are y'all taking the week off for a bark after dark, Roos? Uh, I will. I will say uh, not to my knowledge. We have okay. not discussed this. Uh, we are uh, game time decisions. So <laughs> we, you know, this is a, it's a fly by your seat of the pants thing. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Jake Rowe and I probably will have something at some point. Somebody told me y'all are having Brock Bowers agent on tomorrow night. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. We're, we're bringing on the guy who did the MRI. <laughs> <laughs>
sounds like a HIPAA violation to me, but we'll take what we can get. Uh, we'll, we're back 8.30 this week on Wednesday, not taking the bye week off here, and back again every Sunday, 8.30 p.m. Thanks, y'all. Enjoy it as always. Get healthy this bye week. We'll see you again soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.